Hey guys, this is the Chris Podcast. Uh, I am Matthew Farumbi, and I'm here with my dad, Sunny Farumbi. Um, and yeah, this is just a podcast that will be coming 2023. This is kind of just an intro uh, episode uh, to gauge interest, and we'll see how it goes, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, do you want to just jump into the Elon? Well, Twitter uh, stuff or? Uh, yes, let's 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 do that. Yeah, I guess for this uh, intro episode, maybe. Uh, like you said, we want to talk about uh, Elon Musk. And um, <laughs> since he just uh, acquired Twitter, I actually, when I was writing my blog, I wrote about that in my newsletter this week. I I, I, I guess quick intro. And for people who don't know, Elon recently bought Twitter and has uh, made a lot of changes that have yet to be implemented, but there's a lot of stuff that will be going on. So. Yeah, I, I doubt if there's anyone who doesn't know that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, just in case. Yeah, that's true. Google is free. Yeah, but the, the funny thing though is that uh, it's been in the news over the last week or about twelve days since uh, Elon Musk acquired Twitter. But I I actually took it back maybe about a year from when he first expressed interest. In was that a year? I thought that was like early this year. Maybe it's early this year. It seems like it's a year. It I could mean, be. Yeah, I don't know. It could have been just a few months. But it seems like the saga has been going on for a while. Yeah. When he wanted to to acquire Twitter and then he tried to back out. And then they took him to court. And then eventually mm-hmm. uh, he had to buy it. So for me, the first thing that comes to mind is, first of all, why his interest in Twitter because he's the CEO of Tesla, yeah. right? So what, what's the interest? You know, for somebody like you who is very active on Twitter, maybe you have an idea. Well, I know he's, I mean, he's known for tweeting just like random stuff, but he's always been like a proponent for free speech, I guess. Okay. Um, and then ever since the, I guess, the Donald Trump stuff and then the lots of other people have been banned and like deactivated on Twitter, I guess... And with the election stuff coming up too, I think he's one of those people that's like, uh, free free speech should be implemented into be Twitter. Free. Well, um, which is funny because I, I also heard that he's he's had he's owned Twitter for like maybe a week now, I think. Yes. But I've heard that he's been banning people. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, I, so. I was I was going to get to that. I wanted to start from the beginning because it looks like I mean we can jump around. Yeah, it, kind it, of all yeah, ways. sure. It looks like what he said he wanted to to achieve with Twitter uh, in less than two weeks of mm-hmm. him now being the sole owner of Twitter. It doesn't look like it's is walking his talk, at least at least to me. So. So maybe, like you said, you know, he wanted free speech. That was his desire. But I don't think he did his due diligence in wanting to acquire Twitter. And it, it surprised me because as the CEO of a big, um, big company like Tesla, mm-hmm. I would think that when you are a leader at that level, that you'll be able to do some due diligence when you want to acquire Another organization, especially for forty-four billion, the B, um, which many people actually, I've, I heard, said it was an overpayment that you overpaid uh, for for Twitter. So, 
when he said he wanted to and then he tried to pull out something told me that he probably found something that he didn't like and then he tried to pull out and then twitter sued him yeah i know twitter has been as far as i know has been losing money for a while um also, I think uh, I saw something that it was uh, Jack Dorsey. Um, um, the co-founder. Yeah, one of the co-founders. Because um, also going back to the layoffs, because he laid off like, what uh, was it? About half. Yeah, 50% yeah. or 60% of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Dorsey like put out like a, a statement or tweet or something that said that he takes some of the blame for that, for scaling Twitter too quickly, um, which I thought was just kind of weird, because why would he even say anything, even if he did. No, I, and I agree, but I, I will tell you this. I will give, I will give uh, Dorsey some credit in, in owning that, in mm-hmm. owning something. And to be honest with you, that's something I'm not seeing with Musk because I think a lot of things that's happened in less than two weeks of his acquisition that is, is blaming people. For example, for... Lane of about 3,700 people, about half of the, the employees at Twitter, he said it's because uh, revenue has been going down, mm-hmm. because advertisers have been, you know, have been pausing pulling, yeah. or pulling their ads. And then he blamed, the, he blamed it on pressure from activists, the people he called activists, on the advertisers. <laughs> now, to me, I would think... That somebody, once again, a leader, I, I look on the leadership side of things, a leader of that caliber will be able to, to look inwards and see what is he doing or what has he done that could be contributing to what's you know, spoken the advertisers. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem to do that. It's blaming the activists. Here comes Jack Dorsey, who you know, no longer is part of Twitter, yeah. Now saying he scaled, he scaled uh, quickly, but that's something that Elon Musk should have found out. He should have known, I'm sure, as part of the discovery process. Mm-hmm. He should have known how many employees are there and what are they doing. And I don't know, you, you probably had this already also. Two days after he laid them off, he he's, asked them, he asked he's them asking some of them to, to come, come back, back because he found out that some of the content moderation people they needed. they are needed. Yeah. Now he's asking them to come back. I I wonder. I've not heard anything about whether those people uh, are agreeing to come back or not. I so. mean, I probably wouldn't unless they have signed something that says that you can't be like laid off within the next like five years or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, some kind of uh, agreement that yeah. says if I'm coming back, because like something like that. Uh, with how Elon, he could lay them off like a month or two later and be like, oh, well, actually, we don't it, need you anymore. It's, it's probably, it's, that's, that's very likely. And, and that's one of the things, um, to be honest with you, I'm actually very, I'm surprised how successful he's been <laughs> because of his erratic, at least from what I've seen, what we've seen in public, his erratic behavior. And that's, it's, it's kind of surprising to me, I guess, if you, you have a product like Tesla that people love and people like yeah. that you can <laughs> misbehave any way you want and people will still buy your product. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even strike me as like a leader in a sense because he, I mean, he leads a company, but yes. just the way he acts and the stuff he does. So yeah. it doesn't seem like he's the type of person that's like really taking ownership of like 
the leadership he has in a sense. I don't know. I don't think so. I, and I, I agree with you that it, it does not. It does not behave like a leader or, or the, the caliber of leadership you expect from the CEO of you know, mm-hmm. a global organization like, like Tesla is definitely not showing that. And I think with his acquisition of Twitter right now, I think it's going to be a wild ride for, yeah. for everybody involved, involved with Twitter. Yeah, I guess building off of that, I know with uh, the whole verification thing, he said uh, that people will have to pay for verification. It does, so like, yeah. Usually that was a sign of um, account is the person who they say they are for like... Yeah, for people who are well-known. Yeah, for celebrities or people who are well-known or people mm-hmm. who can easily have accounts duplicate, duplicated or people can mimic them. Uh, but now he's saying, like, if you're verified, you're going to have to pay, I guess, $8 to stay verified a month and to be verified. And the way he put it, it's like anyone can be verified. Verified, yeah. And then if you're not verified, basically your tweets are not going to be pushed out as much. And then I saw a clip of a video which almost says that, like, if you're not verified, like, even, like, people who follow you might not even see your tweets. Oh, which is like, I don't get how that's... So that means you are paying. So the verification means you're actually paying for other people to see your Twitter. Yeah, you're basically paying to use Twitter to its full potential in a, in a way. That's which interesting. doesn't even make sense. That's interesting. But I've been hearing also that there's a lot of people, high-profile people, who have been quitting Twitter. Yeah, I mean, earlier today I saw that... Uh, I think it was 1.4 million people have either deleted their account or stopped using Twitter. Already? Within, like, yeah, within the last like, probably week or less. Well, since he came on as since CEO. Yeah, since all the stuff he's been saying. And even leading up to that, um, going back to like the employee side of stuff for, mm-hmm. for Twitter, um, I also heard like all the employees have been forced or like encouraged to like work 80 plus hour weeks to implement like all the changes he's been wanting yeah, to make so quickly. To there was a, um, I think there was a picture that went viral of someone at Twitter like sleeping in the office. Yeah. So which I'm not sure if that was like true or not. <laughs> so you could always just like post something and say it's that. But no, one of the things also that I I I took away from when he he took over Twitter and about six days. I know it's less than a week. Mm-hmm. If I had half of the people, fifty percent of the people. And going back to the leadership piece that I was talking about earlier, no, not, not being a leader, a true leader will be able to know the impact of that decision on the people that are left behind, not just the people that you're asking to go, mm-hmm. the people that will be left behind. See, there's something called psychological safety in the workplace where employees feel safe uh, they feel that they can they can say what's in their mind, uh, at least within the bounds of decency. They mm-hmm. can share ideas. That's how innovation and new ideas are coming to the uh, into the organization. Yeah. So, if suddenly about half of the people are gone, the other half left behind. What do you expect that they will be thinking? How would yeah. they be feeling about their job? They would think, okay, it, it could be me tomorrow. It could be me next month. Before you know it, engagement levels will go down. Mm-hmm. People will not be as involved, as engaged, as productive as you want them to be, especially for him coming in and wanting to implement all kind of changes. There's a lot of work that needs to be done 
but then you are kind of pulling the rugs of psychological safety on from under the feet of the people who are left behind yeah. so they don't even have the their mind their, their minds uh to be to be able to be free to do what they need to do you know i think people will be much more worried about surviving about you no know, mm-hmm. if I would, I would not be surprised if many of the people left behind behind they are looking for they start looking for opportunities somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. Because if I were them, I would the minute something like that happens, be applying other places. Yeah, things like that happening long term, I don't think that's a place that people would want to stay. No, definitely not. Definitely so, not. And I would not be surprised that majority of the Twitter employees they are going to be looking for opportunity somewhere else mm-hmm. because they don't know what's going to happen even the ones if they come back and i can almost guarantee you at least uh from my experience i can almost guarantee you that not everyone all the people who are laid off mm-hmm. and they are now asking some of them to come back because they need them two days later i would doubt if all of them will come back no a lot of, even like because uh, when i worked at toast we went through like something similar where during COVID, um, they laid off like 40 or 45% of the people. Mm-hmm. And then they later realized they, that, that they laid off too many people. So they asked a lot of people to come, to come back. back. I knew a lot of people who said, no, I'm not going to come back to a company that laid me off. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, I, I get it. Um, and Especially if they already found a new opportunity already. You're not going to go back just to go back, mm-hmm. of course. So, And the funny thing is that you you even be surprised that there may be some people... Even if they don't have another job yet, those who are laid off, mm-hmm. if they do not have any other opportunities yet, they may just not want to go back to that kind of environment. Yeah. Because that's uh, the, the the culture. I can just imagine that the culture in the place in, in Twitter right now will be a very toxic one. That, mm-hmm. That's what I, the, way I will, the way I will say it. And all of it because you know, the man who owns Twitter now, instead of being a public company now is a private company owned by one person mm-hmm. uh, is is very erratic in his behaviors yeah. and that's the thing I, I, I would doubt how many people will want to continue to work in a place where one man has the sole decision making power and that man is known to be very erratic I'm sure where is Twitter they have probably seen many of his tweets and behaviors over the last over the years right. on Twitter. So they may be able to see, you know, and decide. I don't know if I want to stay here. Okay. I also saw a report, even this one from the Tesla side. I didn't even know that was going on before, but I think there was a judge who made a ruling earlier today uh, in a in a court case that. Is it that a Tesla employee or a, a stockholder in Tesla brought about suing him, suing Elon Musk and and the board about about uh, Elon Musk compensation package that they are giving uh-huh. him too much. They are they are paying him too much for working only, if I will remember, only three days a week. That is is only according to the contract is only required to work. Um, maybe Tuesdays, Wednesday, and Fridays. I'm not sure, but three days, three days a week. Yeah. And I know the the, the board came out and said, "Well, as the CEO is on, is there for 
for the ideas and meeting targets. It's not doesn't have to work every day. But this person who, once again, I'm not sure if he's a Tesla employee or a stockholder, he has some stake in Tesla, mm-hmm. took them to court. <laughs> took them to court and said he should not be paid that much. And I heard that the judge is going to be rendering a ruling uh, in the next few weeks or something. Wow. So... So he has that going on on in Tesla. You know, he also owns SpaceX, and who knows what's going on there. And then too. there's the other company that is into like the Neuralink. I think it is. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. he's that he's into. Well, the 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 thing for me just is that a, a, a somebody who leads. I I wanted to say a leader, but as you said. It doesn't actually behave like a leader, but somebody who leads a publicly traded company like uh, like Tesla, you would think there will be enough experience. It will have been around enough seasoned executives mm-hmm. uh, for years that at least maybe some things will have rubbed off on him, even if he's erratic by nature, uh, in the way that you lead big organizations. But... It doesn't seem that uh, some people learn. Some people just yeah. don't, we don't learn, we don't grow. And it's, um, it's really unfortunate. That also, did you know he has like, I think, eight kids? Like, or maybe even ten. Yeah, well, I wanted to say uh, on Trevor Noah last night, uh, he said ten. So, oh, ten, yeah. So I I'm not sure it was like eight or ten. At least eight. Because yeah. I was listening to a podcast and he was talking, oh. he himself was on the podcast being interviewed he was talking about how we need like repopulate the earth or something everyone should have a lots of kids and oh all this okay stuff. so, so he's, that's that's his so, goal. i mean he's <laughs> trying to do that so it's not like it's well here's the thing i i guess he has a lot of money he's the i think he's still the richest man in the world right now right For now yeah, yeah well I even think... after spending 44 billion he's still i he's... think so okay as far as I so know. he has a lot of money i guess he thinks he can take care of a lot of kids. I don't know whether he's the, you know, he's from South Africa. I don't know whether he's the African mentality that, <laughs> you know, if you have money, then you can take care of a lot of kids. Yeah. Uh, but whether he has uh, 10 kids or 100 kids, I think that is own, that is own personal, personal thing. But another one that actually caught me off guard today, today, and we're recording this on election day, right. uh, uh, I think that came out yesterday on the eve of the election when he he went against everything that he said. Uh, he, he had posted that Twitter was going to be non-partisanship. Mm-hmm. And then he oh, yeah. he tweeted that people should vote he Republican. people to vote Republican. To, to yeah. vote Republican. And, and I don't know, have you seen any kind of backlash on Twitter on that? Uh, I think... Wasn't the, was that you said that was yesterday or earlier today? Maybe happened? it was today. Maybe it was I earlier think the today. The tweet might have happened earlier today or yesterday. I I haven't kept up with this. So I don't know if there's been much backlash, but I feel like if you're if you own Twitter, you should probably not t- try to sway things in one direction or another. That's what but I would think. That's just what immediately comes to my mind. But, I mean, he can do what he wants. I mean, he owns it. He can change the terms of services for Twitter if he really wanted to. Yeah. I don't know if that's against it or not. Well, he's already... I think you mentioned that earlier. He's already banning some people. 
Yeah, because um, with the because I remember there was a screenshot of a tweet he said that like um, it's like if I own Twitter, free speech would be encouraged or something like that. And then there's a, a different screenshot of like all these people who've been banned for like not even anything crazy, just like saying like funny things or uh, mm-hmm. they've been people. Some people have been changing their name to Elon Musk. Musk. I saw that, and then tweeting stuff. Yeah. Um, and then all those people have basically been banned because they said you're, it has to have the name parody in the either the name or the bio. I don't remember. Yes, yeah, something like which that. Which one? But yeah, that just doesn't really make sense. It's um, it it just reminds me of when somebody who doesn't know what's going on with something thinks or decides that he knows more than the people who are actually in the game who are doing yeah. who are doing something it's like it's like you no know, all of us most of the time we we criticize the president we criticize our governor we we criticize the 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 people in congress and say they should do this they should do that just because we don't know what's going on now you no know, government is fair game let me take it down to the level of organizations I've worked in big multinationals and sometimes when decisions get passed down, people will see employees will say, why would they do something like that? You know, they should have done that. They should have done this. But one of the things I have learned is that before you can make that kind of judgment, you have to know what's going on behind the scenes. You are not privy to all the information that those people have, mm-hmm. why, why they make those decisions. But we tend to look at the decisions on the surface and we we kind of impugn their character. We say it's because they have some kind of character flaw or ulterior motive. That's why they did something. Thinking that if we are in that position, we will do differently. But we do that not knowing the all of the information that mm-hmm. these people have, why they make those decisions. Now, I'm not defending anyone. I'm not saying they made the right decision. All I'm just saying is that when you don't have all of the information, yeah. it's not the best thing for you to claim that you can do a better job. And to bring that to what we are talking about, I'm, I'm wondering if that's what happened with, with this Twitter thing with Elon Musk. Yeah. Because he thought, I could do better. I can do better when he was on the outside. Right. And because he has the pool, he has the money, he has the means to make that happen, you know, 44 billion of them, and he took over the company, now he's realizing, suddenly realizing that it may not be what, uh, the way he seems. Because first of all, the advertisers, if you go back to them again, he felt he could continue to do what he was doing, continue to say what he was saying, what he was tweeting on Twitter, mm-hmm. and all the advertisers will still stay. But I think many of the advertisers who are spooked by a lot of things that he said, where, for example, you said, one of the things he said about uh, free speech, yeah. and for a company, if you look at Twitter over the last four or five years, especially from the last election, for a company that has been grappling with, uh, what do you call it, misinformation, mm-hmm. misinformation on, on Twitter, that has been trying to, to moderate content and making sure a lot of lies and mis- misinformation are not just 
going on like that. Yeah. When you are now saying that, you know, it's going to be free speech, you are going to allow anything on the platform. Right. I think a reasonable person, no, a reasonable person will think, okay, if that happens, what happens if my ad is now shown alongside a content that is so way from out of left field that yeah. I don't agree with? I would think somebody would have thought, okay, some of these people will be very, very skittish in continuing to put their ads in and for whatever reason, doesn't think, I don't think he saw that. That's why the loss in revenue, personally, I will put the blame squarely on him. He's blaming activists, mm -hmm. but I think he's what he said because many of the advertisers, uh, and these are big, big names advertisers, if you see a list, I saw a list of them a couple of days ago, at least 30 companies, 30 big wow. companies are there. And no, you are talking about companies like Coca-Cola, like mm. Ford, American Express, uh, General Mills, uh, even Lamborghini, Audi, some of those uh, wow. you know, luxury car makers, Unilever, PBS, so many of them. And they do not want a situation where their ads will appear alongside the content that they find either misleading mm -hmm. or they find uh, questionable. So why would they not pull their, pull their ad? Yeah, and even going back to the whole free speech thing, because I was listening to a, a different podcast and they were talking about this, is um, where, where do you even draw the line with things like that? Because like, any reasonable person would be like, obviously stuff that are like um, explicitly like racist or things like that. Mm. Um, anyone would say there should be some sort of like moderation for something like that. Um, but it, it seems like sometimes a lot of people who are proponents for free speech are like the people who want to like tweet those like offensive or like yeah uh, <laughs> push the boundaries in in certain things. Um, I know with politics nowadays it can go either way. Sometimes mm -hmm. people say certain things um, and it's interpreted different ways. But it, it's I'm interested to hear what you think about like. Things like, how, like, where do you draw the line with, with free speech? How how do you think that should be well implemented in a... See, here's the, the thing. I'm, I'm sure you've heard me say this uh, before. That, and I know maybe many of our listeners may not even agree with this. We talk about America being the land of liberty. There's liberty, mm -hmm. there's freedom. I think, yes, it's a, freedom is a good thing. But I think that... Some people are taking advantage of that freedom and they are taking it out to some ridiculous extent. Yeah. And that's what will happen if you are saying it's just liberty, it's just freedom, it's just free speech. You know, First Amendment rights, people have the rights to say whatever they, uh, they want. But where, where does free speech end and lies and untruth and misinformation yeah, basically like where does begins? Free speech cross the line that becomes like hate speech or things like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and 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 that that is the problem. That is the problem that uh, with the advent of social media, that's what we are we are dealing with. A lot of the things that you know people will have been thinking in their heads before. Mm -hmm. They think in their heads, but they do not have a public forum to express them. Where, you know, if you have to, it's that you are talking to your body or you have to write a letter or something like that. But now, 
with the advent of social media and smartphones and everything, it's easy. Something pops into somebody's head, they just tweet about it mm-hmm. or they put it on, on Facebook. I remember when, whether it was Facebook or Instagram or I don't know which one of them, during the early days where, guess people still do that today, where people would take a picture of their food and tweet, tweet about it or, yeah. or send it and... I used to think, okay, who cares? Who cares what you are eating for lunch or what you are eating for? Why, why, why do <laughs> I want to see? Do for the gram. Exactly. Why do I want to see what you are eating for, for whatever it is? And what I have found Before out. Before eat first. Yeah. <laughs> what I found out is this. Even today, even today, random thoughts that are just going through people's heads that, to be honest with you, I don't think other people need to know about. Mm-hmm. But just because they have the medium available, they would just quickly either tweet it or put it on Facebook. Yeah. And also, I, I was just thinking about this. Of, I mean, this is like this, not just with Twitter, but with any social media, is that people who are like have a certain belief system or is hateful mm-hmm. belief system, rather, yeah. and they're tweeting certain things, they're going to find like-minded people in that sense. Oh, of course. And that's just going to create this whole another thing of... Uh, snowball effect of this like bigger and bigger definitely and bigger. definitely see when when you have some what you can call crazy ideas or crazy thoughts that you may not want to express mm-hmm. normally but when you now have a medium that allows you to express them of course it will attract people of like minds it will attract other people who have been thinking similar things mm-hmm. maybe they were not even bold enough they didn't have the courage to say them out but when they see somebody else saying it out they say oh i guess it's okay i can i have i have a body or a companion or somebody that have you know sympathetic views and before you know it they can coalesce and they can come together and they can begin and like you said it will begin to snowball from uh from there so it's um it, it's a very, very delicate thing. You, know, you, were talk, you were asking about uh, free speech and how it devolved into, into hate speech. I, I definitely think freedom of speech is a good thing. But I think, uh, that's what I'm saying, maybe many of our listeners may not even agree with this. I think because of what we are seeing, because of the way some people will take it, because some people will test the boundary. Mm-hmm. They will push the envelope and test the boundary of what they can say and get away with. Because of that, there has to be some kind of moderation. There has to be some kind of, um, some, for lack of a better term, you know, ethical police that will come in and say, no, you cannot do this. You mm-hmm. cannot say that and really hold people uh, accountable. That's why we have libel laws, for example. Libel, you know. Um, somebody says something that is not true about somebody else. Yeah. You can sue them. Mm-hmm. You can sue them. But I'm, I'm, I'm even surprised these days because I don't know how the libel laws kind of translate uh, to, social to social media. Because, yeah, I don't know. Because the way we've been going with people just saying a lot of things, saying a lot of you know, untruth and information that is incorrect, and they, they stand by it, and nothing is happening to them. Mm-hmm. I it, sometimes it scares me. <laughs> it scares me to see where we are going to be in about I don't know ten years, another ten years. Yeah, 
and see where things will be. Yeah. Also, I know the whole thing with Twitter previously was like, I know Twitter like leans to the left, at least previously. Mm. And with free speech, people were getting mad about people on the right getting banned and things like that. And I never think like opposing um, beliefs, in a sense, should be banned for just like opposing someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, yeah, sometimes some of the people to the far right are having these crazy things said yeah and then also the people to the left to the far left too also have these like things that they say and always just weird but i, I think it's, it's both sides it's it is you find in a spectrum of human beings especially here in this country where there's so much polarization about the left and the right you know the republican and the and and the democrats you find people on the fringes on the extreme end mm-hmm. uh, of of both those who, no matter how much um, great argument is coming from the other side, they are not going to move an inch. They are not going to change their position because... If they, anything, sometimes it just pushes them further to the other no, side. No, it does. Most of the it time, does. Yeah. They, 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 and unfortunately, actually, that, that has been around for a while, but I think over the last five, six years, we've seen that a lot more. Mm-hmm. Where people just seem to be so much entrenched in uh, in what they are holding on to, not even trying to hear other people out. People cannot reason um, reason out ideas, hash out ideas, or even debate yeah. ideas to look at the the points. I think I think the mark of of somebody who has wisdom, the mark of somebody who who is thinking is being able to accept somebody else. If somebody you don't agree with, maybe um, philosophically, to be able to see their point. I think, you know, you, you make a good point. Mm-hmm. But, I, I also think it just comes back to the self-awareness too, because it's like, sometimes I have to think, wait, am I the str- smartest person in the world? No. Yeah. So obviously, someone who may or may not be smarter than me ha- might have a different opinion on something mm-hmm. or have something to say on something else. And if I don't believe that I'm the smartest person in the world, I'm usually going to be one to at least listen to what they have to say. You want to listen. Part. And, and that, that, that's a good point. And I will add to this. I will add that this to, the, to what you just said. That even if I believe I'm the smartest person, because sometimes when it comes, you know, we are engineers, right? We, you know... I've worked with a lot of engineers in my life, and I know sometimes we think we are the smartest people in the room. You know, it's, it, comes, do, yeah. it, it comes with the it comes with that training or with the job, something like that. But but I have seen also seen the best, the best of us are the people. You know, when we are talking about in the technical area where you are a subject matter expert mm-hmm. in that area, when maybe everyone or the whole organization comes to you for expertise on on that particular subject matter. Even when you are recognized like that, I have seen that the best people who collaborate well, who do well with other people, are the ones, even if, even if they are recognized as the smartest people in the room, they do not see themselves as the, smart, as the smartest people in the room. They allow other people to contribute. Even if they think they know, even if they think they know what's going on, because once again, because of their subject matter expertise, mm-hmm. they listen. They ask questions they allow people to to voice their opinions and those who who are really sound in in 
in their expertise. They, they know that I know this thing, but for them, it's not to show off. Mm-hmm. They are not doing it to show off. They are not doing it to, uh, to rub it on your face that I, I know more than you or you know less than me. Yeah. People who do that, they actually get better because more often than not, they will listen to somebody who is supposed who supposedly know less than them or who do not know as much as they know, but they will listen to their ideas. They will listen to uh, their impressions. And from listening to them, they, because of their own knowledge, they may be able to actually get fresh ideas mm-hmm. that would translate to something because of what they know. And that's what I found that, that people who behave as if they know everything, that's where they are missing out because they don't learn. They cannot learn, uh, not just learning from other people, but when you listen to people who know less than you, it may be one word, it may be a phrase that they will say that will trigger something, an ingenious idea in your head that will translate to something else. Yeah. It may not be directly exactly what they are saying, but what they said combined with your own subject matter expertise will create this new idea new innovation and they miss out on that Mm -hmm. yeah i think people who try to act like they know everything are just basically just putting a ceiling for themselves because at some point you're no matter how smart you are you're going to get to a point where someone is going to know things more than you or in certain topics of course people are going to know other things Mm -hmm. um and you're just going to almost look stupid in that sense and at that point oh definitely definitely what do you do then but but here's the thing though people who are like that they never, I don't think they ever throw in the towel. Yeah. Because if you catch them, if you catch them in, in the web of their own, they will just, they will just dig in. Right. At least that's what I've seen from my experience. They will dig in and they will start making up stuff. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah. They will start making up stuff. They will start saying things that even may contradict what they have said before. But guess what? They don't care. They don't care because for people like that, the key for them is that... pride is on the line, so they're yes. going to do anything to defend They want to be right. They just want to be right. They want to be the smartest person in the room. They want to be the, the rightest, if there's a word like that, <laughs> the rightest person in the room. And they don't care how they get there. As long as everybody else bows to them, everybody else agrees with them that they are right. Right. And... And to bring all of that discussion full circle, I'm wondering if, no, whether it's Twitter or Elon Musk, if that's what's going to pan out here. Because unless Musk kind of changes his ways, and I don't know, I hope he can do that, unless he changes his ways and approaches things, his $44 billion may just go down the drain. Right. Yeah, because at, at this point, I don't know if he just doesn't realize it or refuses to listen that with all the opposing stuff of what the changes he's been making, like, I don't know if he's just, like, using Twitter as, like, this throwaway project at this point because the way he's going, it's going straight downhill. Uh, well, or if he just... <laughs> Is I don't I honestly don't get what he's trying to do at this point because it doesn't really make sense when everyone 
um, is saying the same thing about like something you're trying to implement, I feel like a reasonable person will take a step back and be like, okay, maybe I could hear. Yeah. Um, Especially people who have been there. People who, maybe some of these people who have been there from the early days of Twitter, you know, they, they put a lot of the, the core you know, design code and everything together. Mm-hmm. And I think some people just believe, you know, uh, money speaks. And if you are the one that has the money, you can demand uh, anything. You can demand, you know, for people to do whatever. You know, it goes back to what you said earlier about them asking people to work uh, 80 plus hours uh, a week. Mm -hmm. So if you think, okay, these people are dependent on me, they they are not going to have a means of livelihood. And I think that's how some people think. They will think, okay, I, I have them by the throat so I can make them do whatever I want. Not realizing we are in the 21st century. People have options. This was not, yeah. this was not in the, not even in my own generation, maybe in the generation of my parents, where you know, people will work in the coal mine for 30, <laughs> 40 years. And yeah. if they lay them off, they have nothing else to do. Especially with tech and then specifically yeah. software engineers or engineering in general. You can leave a job and if you want to get a job the next week, if you really you can. want to. Like you, you can. It's way easier nowadays. You can. Okay, you are even talking about those who are maybe software engineers or those who can code. Mm-hmm. Here's, the, here's the funny thing. You know, before, uh, at, least, at least in my generation, I think, you have to go to college, get either an engineering degree or a computer science degree or something to be able to do that. Right. These days, you don't need to do that. Yeah. These days, you can go online. You can go on, on Google or some other platforms and learn to code. If you just have the interest, mm-hmm. you can learn to code in any kind of language yeah. without going to college, without paying you know, big amounts of money yeah. and for as all long of that. you can prove you have the experience, that's all you need. Exactly. To get a job from exactly, from yeah. and that's what people do not realize. That's what I'm trying to say. That in this economy, this is not the kind of economy you are. You can say, I can do whatever I want. I can hold people hostage and make them do what I want just because I have the power. If they don't, they will lose their jobs. Guess what? There are a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. A lot of in the information economy that we live now, we live in. There is so much opportunities. Uh, and the world is a global village. If you look at it, right. I had uh, when when I was uh, publishing my book last year. I think I told you this. I got someone from Fiverr. Oh yeah, from Bangladesh. Was from ba- I found out the guy was from Bangladesh who designed the cover for me. Hmm. Within within a week or so, in less than a week. And we had so many iterations going back and forth. He did everything. I've not met him. But with the information economy, people can work on any job from anywhere in the world. Right. You don't have to be physically present. And people can do a lot of things. So if someone thinks I can hold my people hostage mm-hmm. uh, because they, I, I think they need this job, guess what? You have to think again because they can quit the job just like that and go find something else right. as quick as possible. Which I think is definitely more of a positive thing because that's for, forcing a lot of employers now to rethink like certain benefits or the way they treat a lot of employers Definitely, now, definitely. Um, which I think we've talked enough <laughs> f- yeah. for this. So we'll go I ahead and, and end it here. 
Um, again, guys, this has been Chris, the podcast um, coming in 2023. This is just like an intro type episode. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Um, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, all those good links. I'll have that posted below. All right. Thanks. Thanks.